BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Hey there. I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, head-shaking hijinks in the Missouri Senate as Republicans try to keep voters from getting to decide whether to legalize abortion. Also, leaving President Biden on the border. Democrats, not just Republicans, are forcing the president's hand. First, sexual assault, now defamation. Why doesn't Donald Trump's legal, don't Donald Trump's legal troubles seem to matter just two days before the New Hampshire primary? And our quote of the week is from Georgia prosecutor Fonnie, Will, Phil, Fonnie Willis. Sorry about that. She's got her own legal troubles as she prosecutes Donald Trump and she blames racism. Also, Missouri Republicans are again pushing anti-trans legislation plus talking troubles for President Biden and now former President Trump. Well, they have people talking again about maybe someone else becoming president of the United States. We begin with Republicans in the Missouri Senate off the rails as one group tries to derail a public vote on abortion rights. I just want to pass IP reform. You just want to be governor. You know what the definition of narcissism is? is am I about to get called a name? You are the definition of it. <laughs> Whoa. That was Republican Senators Bill Eigel and Cindy O'Loughlin. Eigel is running for governor. Abortion rights groups have joined together on a proposed constitutional amendment to allow abortions up to the point of fetal viability, which is now five to six months of pregnancy. They will be gathering signatures to put the measure on the November ballot. It would end Missouri's current abortion ban if voters approve it. Proposed amendments to the state constitution currently require a simple majority be to become law. The Republican Freedom Caucus wants to require a larger majority, perhaps 60%, maybe more. Should it be harder to amend the Constitution, John Hancock? Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a case. If you look at the U.S. Constitution, it takes a two-thirds vote in both houses of Congress. It takes three-fourths of the states to ratify it, to amend the U.S. Constitution. There's a higher standard for constitutional uh, change than there is for a legal change, uh, and it should be that way, I think, at the state level as well. Do you think this is going to become law before we vote on abortion? No. Will I, abortion be on the ballot? Well, that's going to be interesting. So the, the thing would take effect, I guess, uh, in, at the end of August, which is when state laws become effective after the legislative session. So, yeah, I think it could be in effect for the uh, abortion language. Michael? I don't think it'll pass. Uh, I don't think the bulk of the Republicans want to go down this road with IP reform. You know, Bill Eigel's from right here in the St. Louis area. Uh, and he's one of the most passionate people against uh, a woman's right to choose from St. Charles. It's interesting because if you look at the polling in St. Charles, women support a right to choose. So he's not necessarily reflective of what his district looks like. And what he's trying to do here is pull a back end around to keep this antiquated abortion law in place. Uh, I'm encouraged, though, this, Andy, this week, Andy, that the pro-abortion groups 
uh, have finally seemed to have gotten their stuff together, submitted their uh, language to the Secretary of State. We'll be out collecting signatures, and I anticipate we'll see this on the November ballot. They've coalesced behind one proposal. A couple. They've got you a couple different things. Pass? Will uh, yes, I think if, if abortion is on the ballot in the state of Missouri, the majority of people believe a woman yeah. should have a right to choose. I'm not so sure that this proposal is going to meet with that much success because I think a, a narrow uh, allowance for abortion, you know, the 10 weeks or something like that, uh, would be much more likely to pass in Missouri. I agree that, that the majority of the people uh, in the state would want to have abortion legal, but this thing, when you're talking about a five or six month termination of a pregnancy, I don't know that that's going to work in Missouri. State Republicans are also, also pushing to make permanent Missouri's temporary bans on transgender procedures and medicines for minors. That became law in August. Every day I become more comfortable in my own skin. I want that freedom for other kids too. I want other young trans boys to love their voice, to shave their face, to have access to medical care that blesses them with a new motivation for life. That's so terrible. We recognize as a society that children under the age of 18 should not be exposed to certain activities, certain substances, because they haven't cognitively developed uh, in order to fully grasp the, uh, uh, the long-term effects that, uh, that these substances are going to have on their bodies. That's all, that was all from a legislative hearing at Jefferson City. A lobbyist for the Kansas City Chamber of Commerce told lawmakers that the fixation on this issue is keeping companies from wanting to come to Missouri. Michael, do you buy that, that trans bans for minors are bad for business in the state of Missouri? Yeah, I do believe they're bad for business, and there's a lot of families that are dealing with this. This is one of the most trying times in a young person's life. It's interesting to sit there and listen to these Republicans say, these young, impressionable minds under the age of 18 uh, that are living with this on a daily basis, they, their brain hasn't sculpted to make proper decisions. They have no problems giving them a gun. They want to make it easier for him to get to a gun, but when it comes to their own medical health, they want to get in between themselves, they want to insert the state between their family, themselves, and the doctor. It's just wrong. What happened to the liberty arguments that the Republicans used to hold so sacred? Trans politics hurting business in Missouri? I doubt it. Uh, you know, look, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that when you're a teenage kid, there's a whole lot of things teenage kids can't do in this country uh, and in this state, and we've made those decisions. And I think, you know, the, a life-altering, physically altering decision when you're 13, 14 years old uh, is too young. And so I think, the, I think the legislature's on the right page here. The founder of construction giant Clayco claims bad business on the part of St. Louis. Clayco is renovating a former Express Scripts building in North County and moving a regional headquarters there from Overland. But our partners at the Post-Dispatch report that Clayco founder Bob Clark wanted to build a new headquarters for a Clayco subsidiary called Concrete Strategies at the old Army Munitions site at 70 in Goodfellow, a part of North St. Louis that is starving for investment. But the Post reports that the city's economic development agency called the St. Louis Development Corporation, or SLDC, rejected the plan, citing a lack of guaranteed retail development. John, the SLDC envisioned something bigger and better at that location, at the old munitions site. Every, I mean, if you've driven by there, it's massive. They want something oh, yeah. that sort of fits that spot. Well, clearly they, they want something bigger because they've waited 30-some years to do anything with it. I mean, this place is sitting vacant. 
Uh, it's got contaminated soil. You're going to put retail? What are you going to put a McDonald's there on top of contaminated soil? No. Uh, it's suitable for manufacturing. It's suitable for warehousing. Precisely the things that Bob Clark outlined in his proposal. And he gets a one-page rejection letter from the city who ought to be standing up and doing cartwheels that somebody wants to locate a headquarters and bring jobs uh, to a particularly depressed part of the city. It makes no sense to me. It's evidence that this thing is so broken in, in our city government. Now, the SLDC, I think, said, hey, we've got another location that might be better for your project. <laughs> they just, Bob Clark. John's exactly right. They should be throwing a parade for Bob Clark. Uh, the fact that somebody wants to invest in the city of St. Louis and is going out of their way to do it. I've been, my entire life I've driven by this giant old plant, never yeah. understood what it is. It's sitting there empty. We actually have somebody who wants to do something. Further, not only did he want to bring a company here, he wanted to bring training for people to be able to get into the building and construction trades the, uh, from uh, disadvantaged communities. Wow, this makes so much sense and, and seems to be in line with what the administration would normally be for. Here's what this comes down to, guys. It's incompetence. It's blatant incompetence that's running our city government that you would tell one of the biggest construction builders in the entire country, take your ball and go home and punch him in the mouth. This is just despicable. On to the border now. Political heat is rising for President Biden regarding the immigration crisis at the southern border. That heat is coming from fellow Democrats now, like Illinois Senator and East St. Louis native Dick Durbin. The border needs to be fixed. The situation now is unsustainable. The number of people who are showing up at the border has broken all records in history. Now, we have a lot of refugees around the world, and they're moving around in different countries. But we need a system in this country that we can count on that makes sure that it is fair and also that anyone who is a danger to this country never has a chance to come into this country. Now, the Biden administration had always maintained that the border was secure until Friday when the president admitted that it was not. He now says he wants sweeping changes in exchange for billions of dollars in military aid to Ukraine. Republicans claim anywhere from six to eight million illegal border crossings since Biden took office. They're holding congressional hearings about possibly impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. What does it tell you, Michael, when a leading Democrat like Dick Durbin, is calling out the president on the border. Well, I think it's important that we're finally coming to the admission that there's a problem here, and the reality is, is there's a solution. Uh, the Republicans control the legislature. They're tying up the Ukraine uh, funding with the border, yet they still can't get something done. They have a willing partner in the Democrats. This is, this is the problem. Nobody wants to actually solve things. They want to continue to use this stuff for soundbite politics. You have the Democratic leader in the Senate, the deputy Democratic leader in the Senate, saying, I'm ready to come to the table. What is Mike Johnson doing? He's still trying to figure out what day it is with his caucus. The Republicans are not serious on this issue. Is the president about face on this issue just because he's been reading polls? No, I, we've been dealing with this for 30 years. I mean, you can't have a porous border the way that you have. And now you have Texas out there trying to run their own operation. We're moving people all around the country. We've got to come to the table with serious legislation to fix this problem. We don't have a serious partner in the Republicans. I want to know who injected Dick Durbin with the truth serum. Uh, that, was, uh, that was something, wasn't it? Uh, it? Look, the Democrats are wrong on the border. They've been wrong on the border. Republicans have multiple bills that have been filed to address this problem. Now, I am glad to see them working together in the Senate. There's going to be a bipartisan bill that comes out of the Senate. The president has to sign it. And yeah, he did change his position because of the polls, because he's ignored this issue for the last three years. Uh, 
this is, uh, I think, I'm hoping we finally get something done here. Up next on Hancock and Kelly, Donald Trump goes low in attacks of Nikki Haley ahead of the New Hampshire primary just two days from now. And it's been a week of President Biden having trouble talking in public. Might Democrats really move on to another candidate? Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Former President Trump has been on a political warpath two days before the New Hampshire Republican presidential primary. Fellow candidate Nikki Haley has been his target. She goes by her middle name, Nikki. Mr. Trump has been mocking her on social media using her ethnic first name, Nimarada. Haley's parents immigrated to the U.S. from India. The real clear politics polling average has Ron DeSantis at just 6% in New Hampshire, Haley 33%, Trump 47%. Former candidate and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott just endorsed Trump, even though Haley appointed Scott to the Senate when she was South Carolina's governor. John, why does there seem to be no price to pay for Donald Trump when he does things like this? Well, mocking her about her ethnic name because the the base of the party loves him and uh, and they don't just like him. They love him and he's going to win New Hampshire and he's going to win South Carolina and he's going to be the Republican nominee for president and he's going to beat Joe Biden unless the Democrats move on uh, from Biden. Is this race baiting, Michael? Of course it is. We've seen this from Donald Trump since he came onto the political scene. He went after uh, uh, Barack Obama, that he's not an American. Then he was going after the vice president, Kamala Harris. Now he's going after, it's so transparent. And it's so disappointing that Republicans pretend like, oh, well, this is fine. You know, he's just being silly. No, he's being a bigot. And what the Republicans ought to realize is, White guys and white people are becoming less and less in this country, and them, so they're setting themselves up to be the party of the minority white people. It's really sad and disgusting. Does it bother you that it doesn't bother Republicans more than it does? Yeah, I mean, I'm no fan of Donald Trump's. I, you know, uh, he's not my cup of tea, but uh, my cup of tea can't win a Republican primary. President Biden had quite the gaffe during a trip to North Carolina Thursday. I also want to mention Congressman De- Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? This year, I just had my p- picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. <laughs> no, all kidding aside. Anyway, you, you can, oh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got it mixed up. And she has, uh, you know, she fights very hard for the people of this district, and she's up in Washington right now. He was in North Carolina to announce an $82 million commitment to expand high-speed Internet in the state. Michael, are Democrats glossing over an issue of great concern here? I, mean, when I don't you know. See him, that, that's not a once-in-a-while occurrence. I would take a, a, a forgetful person over a bigot, uh, and that's what we're going to have the choice between. Look, this president, it's only going to continue to get worse. I mean, this president is aging in front of us. Uh, fortunately, the Republicans are going to nominate Donald Trump. I think the only Republican that, that Joe Biden can beat right now. Uh, could there still be a change? Absolutely. But it's not going to be anybody other than Gavin Newsom. He's the one that's been lined up to take this if Joe Biden doesn't do it. But the president is committed and running. Uh, and, and people inside my party, including myself, want him to do it because we need to hold this office and not let this potential facet, fascist and dictator take over. Well, now Donald Trump loves to make fun of the president about these gaffes, but he had one of his own. He kept referring to Nancy Pelosi as Nikki Haley. During a speech a couple of nights ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, mean, I repeatedly. If, if this ends up being the campaign, you know, that debate's going to be like the dinner hour at Del Mar Gardens. 
you know, the Democrats have got to move on from Joe Biden if they want to have any chance of, of retaining the White House. Look at the polling. Trump's, Trump's beating him. But he's no spring chicken either. No, I mean, I, I, look, yeah. He doesn't I, know Nikki Haley from Nancy Pelosi. Our, we are producing a singularly bad choice for voters in November if this persists. Both, both sides. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Donald Trump's sex assault case is now a defamation case, too. And in our quote of the week, legal troubles for the Georgia DA who's prosecuting Mr. Trump. She says it's all because of racism. A judge has ordered Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis to appear in court to answer allegations of impropriety in handling the criminal prosecution of former President Donald Trump. A co-defendant in the Trump case accuses Willis of hiring a special prosecutor with whom she's having a romantic relationship. He's reportedly billed taxpayers for more than $650,000 for his legal work. Willis has reportedly been called as a witness in his divorce proceedings. She is prosecuting Donald Trump for alleged crimes relating to trying to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election results. Our quote of the week is from Willis speaking to a church congregation about her trouble saying, isn't it them playing the race card when they constantly think I need someone from some other jurisdiction, some other state to tell me how to do a job I've been doing for almost 30 years? Who is playing the race card here, John? She is. And, you know, you go into a church and say, well, yeah, I committed adultery and I wasted $600,000 of your taxpayer money. I, I wouldn't make that speech in a church if I were her. I'm surprised the lightning didn't strike. Uh, she's in real trouble here. Her case is in real trouble here. And I'm not a lawyer, but I can see that this whole thing gets dismissed at some point. Should the case against Donald Trump be thrown out because no. of her impropriety? And I can promise you nothing's going to happen to her in a church. Donald Trump goes to churches all the time and <laughs> nothing seems to happen to him. Uh, to claim racism, it's, it's insulting, right? It seems like the same things we used to hear from Kim Gardner. This lady made a mistake, um, and she's been doing this. She needs to own up to it. It has nothing to do with the color of her skin. Furthermore, uh, the Republicans who want to make it about the color of her skin, it says who they are. But she hurts the, the, the real issues of racism when she goes out and makes these cases. Second of all, it will not be thrown out over this. It has nothing to do with it. The president uh, still violated the law, and he needs to be held accountable. Former President Trump was off the campaign trail and back in a courtroom in the past week. A jury in a civil case found that he sexually assaulted former longtime Elle magazine advice columnist E. Jean Carroll in a New York department store dressing room. The jury awarded her $5 million, if you remember, in damages. Well, the new trial seeks additional damages for defamatory statements Donald Trump made about her. Of all of Trump's legal issues, Michael, how much weight should voters give these civil cases? Voters talking don't. talking about sexual assault. I don't think voters seem to care, at least in the Republican primary. Everybody's already in their camp as it relates to Donald Trump. It's gratifying to watch him continue to act like a fool because it's going to hurt him in the place that he only seems to care, which is his pocket and his wallet. Nikki Haley, Haley this was teed up for her, questions about this. And right. she said, oh, I'm not following the case. Why doesn't anyone go after the former president about this? It's I don't know. Sexual assault. I understand. And, uh, you know, you would think, gosh, I remember back in the old days, if you had 91 felony indictments accounts against you and you had a sexual assault judgment against you, that your political career wasn't going to go very well. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. And you think he's the nominee? No question. I do. Trump-Biden? Yeah. Rematch. In November, the rematch. Final thoughts are next. 
First, the stars and stripes over the Mississippi and Grafton, Illinois from Bomberito.com Drone Fox. Looks majestic and a little cold. All right, time for final thoughts. Well, listen to this. Uh, it, it, rarely does one get the recognition they deserve, but I can think of no better award than what Andy and Jasmine Huda got this week. They got the Bob Hardy Award yeah, uh, over there in Southern Illinois, a well-deserved award for proper reporting. Bob Hardy was a legend on KMOX, Hancock. Yeah, and uh, what, a great, what a great honor uh, for Andy and Jasmine, a couple of great colleagues, a couple of great news people. And uh, we're proud of you, buddy. Thank uh, you. That was a good picture there of Thank you, you, uh, you I and know. Jasmine. Jasmine looked great. I don't know who the big oaf was. Next <laughs> you look great too, brother. I had nothing to do with you guys putting that up. That no. is true. No, no we I, um, we saw it on the we saw it on the social media out there, Andy. But it is quite an honor. It's the Southern Illinois Police Chiefs Association, and uh, you mentioned the name Bob Hardy. Yeah. Well, my name on an award with yep. his name. Yep. yep. I think my dad was smiling down from heaven because yep. I, he's a voice I grew up with. Legendary. Well, Legendary. If yeah. you didn't hear driving to school every morning, I'm Bob Hardy, I'm Bill Wilkerson, and I'm Wendy Weiss, you weren't a St. Louisan. Right on. So thanks again to the police chiefs of Southern Illinois, and thanks to you for watching Hancock and Kelly. You can download the show or any segments. Just search the words Hancock and Kelly. Fox News Sunday is next, and remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. See you next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.